Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ooh, welcome back, sports fans, to another episode of the Charity Stripe Podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one sports podcast network in Los Angeles. For those listening at home, on the road, in the air, or in the water, do you believe we have a great show for you guys today? Our boy, all time guest, that's right, he's the leader in Charity Stripe guest appearances. Daryl D. Ray Reynolds joins the show to talk some college basketball and just catch up with the homies. So buckle up, tuck it into your waistband, because here we go. Three, two, one. We're back. We sitting here, I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. We're back, baby. It's the Charity Stripe. Hit your free throws, cuz they're free. So 316 coming hot at you guys, and so 315. And I'm joined on this one by Nikki Snacks Crider, Alex Tossman, the Rock Tosopolis, and our boy D Ray. That's right. He's back. It's March Madness that time of year. So we have to bring him back because guess what? He's got a ring. Before we get into the show, though, we do have to remind you that we are brought to you by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag today. They are doing a crazy March Madness pool themselves, so go get excited. Join that. It's going to be awesome. We are doing a March Madness pool with the app Rivalry. We're partnering with Snapback Sports and the Locker Room Podcast. It's going to be great. We're giving away a Shaquille O'Neal signed basketball as a part of a separate thing within the bracket pool, and it's free to join. Winner gets $3,000. Can't go wrong there. It's pretty dang awesome you know what else is awesome though and i'm not saying this because he's our friend i don't want to seem biased but d-ray is the man and we're pumped to have him back so buckle up here we go the episode with d-ray all right you heard it in our introduction guys we have a dear dear friend third time guest he's the leader get he's the leading guest in charity stripe history he was there at the original studio, a.k.a. the bedroom. <laughs> Daryl D. Ray, and he's laughing. Daryl D. Ray Reynolds, how you doing, man? Chilling, chilling, man. How y'all been? I know it's been a minute. I think I think we said it's been almost a year now. So how y'all been? Good, man. We've been it's been good. a long-ass year. It's been a long-ass <laughs> year, dude. It's I, We just, yeah, we just hit the, I think we hit the, I saw on Instagram that we hit the year mark in the pandemic. And the way I found out was this girl's, Instagram post and she was like 
oh god it's been like the year since the pandemic i'm like and it was just like a thoughty post i was like all right you just wanted to throw that photo up dude no one's no one you don't care about the pandemic do you just want to post you just want to post a new photo it's there's (laughs) people are shameless on that app nowadays but speaking of apps there's a lot of apps where you can do march madness march madness is something you are no stranger to we watched it's very a little different this year not doing it in the stadiums but guys waiting uh, to find out what seed they are. What was that feeling like for you, if you remember, finding out the seed? Uh, Selection Sunday is, is always fun. Um, rather you won the, at the last game of your tournament or you lost, like it's just, it's it's like the last resetting point. You know what I mean? Obviously before that you have, um, when you go into your conference tournament and before that you have when you start your conference play, but it's like, all right, this is the last time this thing's gonna turn over. Um, and going into that day is always exciting, but it's also very nerve wracking. Like shit, I was, I'll tell y'all my senior year, it was like, yo, I really hope we don't pull some sneaker 10 seed and then we end up with Wisconsin. You know what I mean? So it's always mm-hmm. that fear of like, we're gonna end up with somebody who we don't wanna see just yet. And you have that feeling that if we do get past them, we'll go on, but you gotta get through that first one. Um, but it's exciting, man, it's exciting. It's kind of weird, like I was looking at we're Texas guys, obviously. And this is the only, this is like the best chance I have to throw them in the final four. So I'm fucking ripping it. You know what I'm saying? I have, no, I have no remorse at this point. This is my best shot. But I'm looking at the bracket, and it obviously is a tough road because you have Alabama at the two in that region. Obviously, Michigan's the one. Florida State's up there. But the rest of that, like that BYU, that they're a big team, that Michigan State's a veteran team, like Izzo. There's certain teams, like the point you're bringing up with Wisconsin, I look at Baylor in the top corner of the bracket. If they win, obviously they'll win, but if they had to play UNC in the second round, that UNC is a big team. And rebounding yes. and second, I mean, you could speak to it. Second chance and second opportunities are massive, and keeping time of possession and not allowing the team to get, you know, the second chance boards is huge, and they have the biggest rebound differential in all of college basketball. Yeah, man. I don't I don't think people understand. It's funny, like you're starting off with this, but I don't think people understand the defensive um weight that this time of year holds. Like it's it's I mean, I, I guess it's, it's true in the NBA too, but like there's no offensively powered team that's just gonna like muscle their way through the tournament. Like you have to just be you have to have like a bunch of pros offensively to really make it happen. But like this time a year like defense really shines through because everybody's good everybody's athletic and if they're not athletic they shoot the lights out they figure out some way to fake athleticism so it's like it's just it's amazing like how much defense kind of it moves to the forefront this time of year and i think that's what also makes the game so exciting that you're not dealing with i mean what's the highest scoring college game these days 90s yeah they're 80s their kids throwing 30s we saw a couple 30 pieces this weekend I was like, yeah, 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 which is crazy in college. Like, but it's where the game's at. Yeah. 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 Our boy Matt Coleman at 30, career high. Yeah. Dwayne Washington in Ohio State, he had 30. That kid, Cade Cunningham, I know you've been following. I'm sure you've been following him on OK State. He's. What a cool name. Yeah. I know, right? And he, I said every right time name. he gets brought up, it just sounds like a superhero. He, Kate <laughs> Cunningham. <laughs> it's like, what is that? It's alliteration. I didn't pay much attention in poetry. Is that like, what is it when it's like two of the same word? I think, I think that's poetry. right. I yeah, we'll, we'll roll with it. We'll, we'll roll. Thank you. CC. Yeah, we'll, we'll roll. We'll roll with it. I CC mean, me on email. <laughs> CC on that email, though. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of teams. I mean, if you look at the Ken Palm ratings, which you know, for the 
common fan, even myself, a lot of us, it's wicked hard to understand, but it basically just adjusts on tempo and it adjusts on strength of schedule. A lot of teams that are, you know, Gonzaga's up there in defense, Michigan, but that Kansas team, again, like Bill Self has been there so many times. You're like that one. I remember, you guys remember a couple years ago, there was that Oregon team that was the number three seed. They, I forget. I always bring this up. I think it was Dylan Brooks that got injured. I could be wrong. Yeah. Someone on that team got hurt. That sounds when right. They went to the Final Four. Yes, when they went to the Final Four, and someone, one of their better players, I think it was Dylan Brooks, that got hurt, and everyone counted them out. And like this Kansas team, honestly, I know they have like a tougher draw because they would eventually, ultimately, have to play Gonzaga, and mm-hmm. I, that team does feel like a team of destiny. They were saying on a bracketology because, like you're saying, you have to have a bunch of pros on offense if you really want to muscle through, and that team does. But this Kansas team, they missed the Big 12 tournament. They don't lose. They miss it because of COVID. McCormick was a beast. Ohio was amazing. They have Wilson, the freshman, who's good. Garrett is a great defensive guard. It just seems like they have all the pieces plus Bill Self's experience to maybe if someone's going to shock Gonzaga, it could be them earlier than expected. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm kind of pulling for Gonzaga for the sake of seeing the perfect season finished. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hasn't I, happened since I, Bob and I attend the team. What you say? Hasn't happened since Bob Knight's Indiana team. Yeah, like I, I just like when Kentucky got close. What was that? 2015. Yeah, mm-hmm. like 2015 when Kentucky like almost went and they lost to Wisconsin. And then it was like at that point it was like, listen, I'm just I'm just kind of rooting for the bullies. Like I'm sorry, I just, I want to see the monster and make it happen. It's just and obviously we all know I'm pulling for over anybody. Like it's cats all the way. But <laughs> if anybody would go past them. Yeah, I would kind of want to see Gonzaga do it. Yeah, and the only way that Nova would see him would be in the championship, which would be that would be, of course, a, a legendary championship from a coaching perspective. You know, you've got you've got Coach Wright, who's been there before, he's done it, and then you've got Coach Few, who's been there and and failed, right? And this is yeah. definitely the best roster yeah. I think he's had. I mean, I this team is pretty ridiculous. They have like five NBA caliber players, one of which is going to be a top five pick, the other one's going to be a, a lottery guy, Kispert. Timmy would be the best big man on most most teams in college. But this team, they're really good. Yeah. They're really, I mean, I know no one, like, Nimhar there are a lot of people either. I feel like you're in, there's two parties here. And it's like one that's that's buying in and is like, they're so good that there's no way that they lose. And then everyone else is like, no one can go all the way. No one can do it. No one can go undefeated all the way through the tourney. I mean, it's five games. And, but, but, but to what you guys are talking about, they can play defense, and of course, they've got you know high-powered offensive weapons that can can get it done. Yeah, I'm. I'm. There's no way I'm not picking them in a serious bracket. I do like to have some fun brackets, and and that's where we get creative with it. But in, in a serious bracket, I, I have to I have to take them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going all the way. I. But then the Nova team, you could kind of make that same point as I just made about the whole Oregon situation with Gillespie being out. Everyone's going to be sleeping on them, but Jeremiah Robinson Earl. He's still playing basketball. You know, you still have a bunch of ballers down there. And obviously, you can't count out the coach, right? So, I mean, I think, again, this is a team that's being slept on. And I'm not even saying, like, you have Justin Moore, hopefully will be healthy. Jermaine Samuels is down there, right? He can get a double-double any given game. They have the size, and they have big men that can score. And I'm not even saying this because at the beginning of the year, I put money on them to win the whole thing (laughs) on a value bet. Said the same thing. I'm not gonna lie to Colin being out. It does hurt just because he's the leader in like 
out of all of them, when they, back in 2018, he actually played in the championship game. Like he, mm-hmm. he got in and played significant minutes. So if anybody be comfortable, it'd be him. But I got a lot of faith in Justin Moore, man. Especially since he's about to be a, it's about to be on his shoulders. If Jeremiah leaves and he's the junior that played, mm-hmm. you know, the most minutes and started over some guys who will be seniors at that point. Like I got a lot of faith in that young boy. Hundred mm-hmm, percent, and I mean they they're in the bracket, right? And they're going to be matched up like that Purdue team. I know they've they've gotten hot towards the end, but they got they lost to better better teams, uh, considerably better teams, and so they don't the, the big ten, the Big Ten is I think the toughest conference, followed closely by the Big Twelve, but that Purdue team honestly doesn't scare me. I can't I can't pick Winthrop over Villanova, so I'm not even going to entertain that. Uh, it just comes down to them. It comes down to them going to Baylor, and if that Baylor team is hot again, they shoot the lights out the place. But they might get a really tough game against UNC or Wisconsin. <laughs> right, right before that, they might get a tough game there, and then you know Nova could catch them sleeping. That I, UNC I Wisconsin, eight, that UNC Wisconsin eight nine is tough because that Wisconsin team is full of seniors and upperclassmen, and that UNC team, like we said at the top, is massive. Yeah, is massive. It's it's very brutal to bring in. Uh, all right, gentlemen. Wait, I got I got to ask you guys this. Yeah, is the in the East region? So the playing game against the eleven seed playing game is Michigan State versus UCLA. That has to be the like most historic Biggest franchises playing game, game like yeah. we've ever seen. I said right? the same thing when I saw that. Isn't that crazy? For sure. If you're the athletic director for UCLA and you wake up in the morning, how do you look in the mirror? <laughs> <laughs> Like you know, I, the, the charity this stripe. Come too. Yeah, we've like we've always like toyed with the fact of like you know like sharpening or like honing. Should we just focus on you know maybe focus on Texas or focus on NBA or NFL? We've uncoincidentally, and it could just be my personal focus. We've just become an anti anti Pac twelve. We just we just get roped into hating on the Pac twelve every single. It's me. Episode. It's me. Somehow, some way, every time the Pac twelve is brought up, I just go it's the biggest joke i've ever seen it's yeah exactly <laughs> dude i don't like like this was the this was the premier place to play basketball at one point and yeah. now it's dirty laundry now <laughs> it's like we're sitting here and we're picking i i'm infinitely more confident in a team like san diego state than any team in the pac-12 even yeah. though even though usc has mobley um, I who, who D-Ray, we went and watched him play one of his high school games. Oh, when, you would love this when yeah. he was ranked one, and he was playing across from like B.J. Boston, who's at Kentucky, and Zaire Williams, who's in Stan- at Stanford. They were playing um, Sierra, Can- Sierra Canyon, yeah. Canyon, right? And I was so unimpressed by Evan Mobley. He was he was so soft. Like he he's gotten a lot better. He's seven foot, and he wasn't banging down low. And I was like, what is this guy doing? He can dunk over literally, <laughs> just drop step and dunk on every guy. Yeah, and and then like the next week he dropped in the rankings, but clearly he's he's turning around. It seems like he's gonna be a top like seven pick. So he's uh, he's a beast. Yeah, I, but he he unimp- he was he was unimpressive in the one game that I watched. I was like I I went I went into the game first of all. This is one of the uh, such an unfair viewpoint of, of a player. <laughs> one game pound for pound, like seating wise, this was one of the most. Have you been to like a bunch of these high school games where it's like these big superstar players and you yeah. can't you cannot breathe. It is so wall to wall packed in there, 
And Amari Bailey, who's a junior now, he was good. He's he's a U, speaking of me shitting on UCLA, he's a UCLA commit. Uh, so maybe there's some brightness in their future. He was really good. But Evan Mobley was there, and I'll never forget this: that D Wade walked into the building because his son's there, and everyone's like, "Oh, it's D Wade! Like what? You know, it's awesome." And then Trippy Red, the rapper, walks in, and everyone starts freaking out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they were more excited for Trippy than they were for hundred percent. It was literally, 100%. it was like the equivalent. It was a younger, it was a younger, uh, you know, audience, high schoolers. Right? Yeah, high yeah, schoolers. yeah. It was yeah. like if Shaq and Most Def walked in the room and everyone like said "fuck you, Shaq." Most Def, we're fucking riding wherever you go tonight. That's like, and I don't even mean to shade from Most Def like that because he's probably like. I better. don't think that's a good comparison. I don't know. I'm just, I don't might know. Most Def is fire. Most Def is fire. It might, he's but not only a great musician, but also a fantastic actor too. That guy's just a he's a creative talent. I'm not gonna sit here and pretend to flex knowledge in the rap game like of, of that generation, but I will say Trippy no. Red is clearly very popular amongst the high school kids. That D Wade, who's still pretty relevant in society, and whose son plays in the team pretty much was told to kick rocks in, in, in favor of Trippy Red. I, I don't I'm think... I'm laughing so hard because, like, I was like, when you said Shaq, I'm like, okay, Shaq and D-Wade were teammates. Who the fuck is going to be the other side of this comparison? <laughs> the fact that you went straight for most death. <laughs> it's like somebody saying... I don't fucking know LeBron and Mother Teresa. Like it's, the it's yeah. one. I just went for a so rapper, dude. I mean, most let's put it, let's call it a spade a spade. When was the last time he dropped anything? It's been forever. Who? Most deaf. Has it not? Wait, go Eagles yeah, by yeah. Yasin no, Bay now. Just, it was like no. dude, I just was not of all the outside of like a Chappelle skit mentioned. I did not expect to hear most deaf's name. They're boys. Who saw Nick? Yeah, you you saw them together, right? Yeah, oh. yeah, I saw Most Def and Chappelle. They they like rolled up to the comedy store after a, a comedy show, unannounced, and they just like sat on stage for like two hours, just shooting the shit, telling stories. Most Def freestyled for everybody. The room wow. had maybe like twenty people there, and we were sitting front row. So they uh, they told all of us in the front row that we looked like the the the, the Duke lacrosse team. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't come here to get insulted. <laughs> exactly. Not only, like, you guys not only, like the, no, the it's like going to SeaWorld, though. Like, depends, that's, you're in the splash zone. You're in the front row. You're in the splash zone. Depends how you look at it. One one is half glass full, the other half glass empty. You either look super, you know, strong and athletic or like a bunch of white rays. Oh, I got. I got roasted by Dave Chappelle. That's pretty fucking dope. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, for sure, dude. If he if he pissed on off stage onto my face, I would be like, that's hilarious. <laughs> I don't know. I don't it's, know it'd be a good story to tell. Uh, but the March Madness bracket. Anyway, let's talk some basketball. That was wild. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> Anything for the bit, man. Uh, the Sweet Sixteen. Does anybody have any crazy upsets in the first two rounds? Like any one or two seeds getting bounced in the first two rounds? In the first two rounds, um, I feel like that's too predictable this year. As, as I wouldn't wild. say the first two rounds. Okay, does Nick, when you get to the Sweet Sixteen, you getting wilds? What are you doing? Well, I would say that Colorado is going to beat Michigan. Okay. I, I just think Colorado is such a such a good team defensively, and they splash. Um, I'm just not that impressed with with Michigan this year, honestly. I mean, I I think that a lot of people were high on them, and they just dropped a lot of games that they could have won. Yeah, I think a lot of it's dependent upon if Isaiah Livers plays because if he's not, I would say that Michigan is the weakest one seed. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. If he's not playing, it's a their team's completely different. If he yeah. is playing, um, I think that they wouldn't really have much trouble with Colorado. Okay, dear, what do you do? You think that a team that's in a playing game 
because you're adding a you're adding another game. Five games is a lot of games. You were just talking about how defense is really really important. Part of that is because over the stretch of five games, at some point your offense is going to fall, right? And you, you're going to have to rely on your leadership and your defense and your grit to to keep winning games. Do you think is is it impossible for a playing team? to take it all the way. I'm really high on this Wichita state team didn't win their conference championship, but they were the best team in their conference, I think. And they're an 11 seed and they're playing USC. And we're just talking about Evan Mobley. So I'm, you maybe, maybe, maybe I'm just anti Evan Mobley. And I just think that they can, they can sneak. Well, they, past. Got, they got to get past Drake first. They, right. They got to beat Drake first, but I, <laughs> but um, I, I have them beating Drake, then beating USC and then beating Kansas yeah. and then beating Iowa. What? Is that crazy? That's insanity. And then losing to Gonzaga. I, I will say, I don't think it's impossible, especially this year. Like, there's teams who, like, they fell where they fell because there's parts of their season they just didn't get a chance to play. Right. Or they just didn't get a chance to compete. Um, teams that so missed, too. Teams that are teams that um, didn't even make the tournament because of because yeah, they missed yeah. time, too. I, I honestly think if it was going to happen in the year, this would be the year. There's teams in this tournament that have only played 15 games. And there's other teams that have played 30. It's wild. Should have been like minimum. What's more important in that case, fresh legs or like a level of continuity in playing together? Like, what's the, the weight? Well, not even close. Yeah, not even close. The level of continuity. It's just it's because at this point in the year, it's like there can be no surprises. Like outside of like. Somebody hitting the sh- there can be no surprises within your team. Obviously, it's March Madness. It's full of surprises. It's full of upsets. It's full of people like being like, "Holy shit, they beat them!" But like within a team, there is no time for I thought he was going to do this, or I thought they were going to do that, or I thought she was taking this shot. It's like no, either we're all on the same page or we're going home. Wow, as a committee, yes, checks out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious though. I'm serious. It's just like the, the intensity of those games, the teams you're playing with that that like what people are playing for is like everybody's sharp. It's not like it's not like the tournaments in the beginning of the season, like the Thanksgiving tournament shit, like people are figuring it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's right. very much like, listen, we gotta be there's no room for error. Yeah. Well then uh quick question on that though. Is there is there an issue like with a team like Gonzaga? who, yeah, they've played all year, they have the continuity, but their level of competition isn't high. Does that matter? Or are you buying into that or drinking that Kool-Aid? I think they're like the only exception. I've never seen, I don't know what he's telling them, but I've never seen a team mill through their regular season like they do every year and still be prepared for the season. Like I, I used to think that every year I was like, God, ah, they're not going to do anything because they're spoiled. Like they, they beat everybody. And then every year they get to the tournament and it's like, I think they're machines. I don't, I don't think they're, I think they're doing something out there to them kids. There's no way that they can go and play high school teams the entire regular season. And if for some reason when it gets to the tournament, they're just like, let's go. It's like they have practice almost. I hate to like shit on these other teams. Cause like BYU gave yeah. them like a good half of basketball yeah. and there's other teams that have played them solidly. But like, sometimes yeah. it's like, they're literally, all right, let's go warm up tonight, boys. Or like, let's like, you know, exactly. run gym almost. Um, cool. We'll move a little away from college hoops. Cause we got to catch up with you. 
what have you been up to, man? What's been rocking? What you've been doing? Are we the, before we got on the air, quote unquote, word on the street is you may be coming out west to kick it. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta make that move. A lot of things I've been doing have been um, stuff behind the camera. I've been doing a lot of production work. I, I got linked up with um, Zach Ertz and his nonprofit in nice. Philly. So like. We've been shooting a lot of stuff for them that they use for like fundraising opportunities and like social media and stuff like that. Um, there's a car company in the area that we did, like a luxury car company. We like shot like a commercial for them, I guess you would call it at this point. And like, I just kind of found myself being like, all right, there's only so much space for us to to, to keep growing with this in Philly. I, I gotta get the fuck mm -hmm. out of here. You know what I mean? So I, I wanna come out there and really, really take this movie thing serious. Like I'm working on a documentary right now that explains why Philly is the way it is and what makes Philly Philly is called Philly as we know it. Um, and it's on like YouTube already, but I'm just watching it as we're editing. I'm just like, I, I don't see where we go from here. You know what I mean? Does it have a, does that have an emphasis on sports or is it more just like the culture of the city or? So we broke it down to five pieces. It's, it's food, family, sports, art, and love. And um, the, we're on sports now. We're about to put out art later this week. And then love is like the final one. But it's just like, we use these people to tell like these stories. Like some people like local celebrities. I don't know if y'all have seen the dude who has all the tattoos and shit on his stomach of like the Philly fanatic is like his belly button. He has like <laughs> the highway 95 sign like on his sternum. Like he is the Love most that. dude ever, but he's down to earth for shit and was like, totally, I'll be a part of it. So it's like, it's dope, but like I said, as we were shooting it and now as we're editing it, I just, I'm sitting like, I don't know, like, where do we go from here? You know what I mean? Like, what more yeah. can I do here? Um, so yeah, I want to head out there and fuck with y'all, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> wow, I'm looking at a photo of this guy with the tattoos. This is, if this is, you know, like when you say to yourself, you're like, I'm a committed person, and then you look at a guy like this, this level of commitment, I will never know. <laughs> But look, 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 y'all gotta watch it. Y'all gotta watch it and hear the yeah, explanation yeah. behind the tattoo. I need to. I need to understand. Like, then it's even that more surprising. Huh? I need to because this is like, I'm like toying with like my first tattoo. I can't even commit to that. And this guy has got like a, a highway sign on his chest. He's <laughs> got the Philly fanatic. That's like at least. He's got a mascot. The Philly fanatic is like, that is actually kind of epic. I love him, bro. He's the most down to earth, just like cool. Like I said, when you watch it, you like hear the story behind it. It's like, yo, this motherfucker is legit. But um, but yeah, like I said, it's just I, I want to do this movie thing serious. I, I've been shit. We all got linked up when I first started in this media shit, and I'm, I wasn't like yo. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, you know, from jumping was good enough for something to keep going with it. Like everything I kind of touched with it was like, all right, I like this, but eh, I like this, but eh. Uh, but this movie shit is definitely the writing, the producing side of it, the directing side of it is like, all right, that's where I need to be. Mm -hmm. And what's like the, is the draw for you kind of like what you're doing with this, where it's like unearthing stories about people that other people might not necessarily know? Like what's the, what's the angle? What do you want to work on? Um, so for real, for real, I've been writing a show Bible for a, uh, a show that's pretty much my story over these past couple of years. Yo, y'all don't understand, yo. Like, I'm gonna show y'all when I get out there, obviously, but these past couple of years have been comedy. And it hasn't been funny in the moment, right? but it's been comedy. I don't Looking know about back. Those, 
I, I had one job where I was selling life insurance for like a couple of months. I did it for like five months. Got roped in one of those like jacked up ass seminars with these assholes that like take two workouts <laughs> and just like go and fucking uh, cold call people for like an hour. It was terrible. It was like legitimately like, I, like it was days where I was like, how the fuck did it come to this? But it was more of an experiment too. It was like I had I was coaching at the time, so it was like, all right, I I, I got money. You know, I don't have to worry right. about it. But let me see if I'm good at sales. And there was a day where we went to go like talk to this lady about life insurance, and we go to the projects, and the shit gets like somebody's shooting outside. And like I was writing, I was like, I was telling the dude on the way home, I was like, wouldn't it be hilarious if I just looked at it and was like, man, if that lady outside had our gold package, she'd be covered for. The girl's okay, I think. But it was just like, it was just these stories. I started thinking about it and I'm like, all right, this shit is something. You know what I mean? Um, and I'm not gonna say I think it's on time, but I, I think it's a good time with all the talk around athletes and athletes mm -hmm. outside of sports and it's like all right well what happens if i told the story of an athlete who wasn't necessarily it didn't work out in the way that you thought it was it, it wasn't the guy who went to the league i was like what if i what if i larry david the shit you know what i mean and kind of yeah. curb, like curvy enthusiasm like yeah you're the guy from seinfeld but you're not the guy from seinfeld right what right did that look like? and that's what this show is um so that's the main thing but for the most part, bro, just just getting out there and figuring it out, you know what I mean, and, and just making it happen. How I can, I've gotten to a point where it's like, I don't really give a fuck. I just gotta get out of here. Yeah, I mean? half the battle is is moving out to to Los Angeles or wherever you're going. You know, with New York, no, no, obviously, no. there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff popping in New York too. But I think uh, I, you guys should watch. I just started watching the Last Chance You, but they're doing a new season and it's no, basketball. basketball. It's really, really interesting because it's like this guy's coaching at community college, but you know, there's so many of these guys that like they're they're that college level talent, and the coach yeah. is like trying to put them right on the you know back on the right path basically to get them yeah. to these to these D1 programs. But some of the guys like they don't have the talent, and it's like, what do those conversations look like? What do they do after that when like the only thing that they were being yeah. told was, hey, you can try and like go try and be a hooper, try and make some money try and like support your family or whatever it is. And then like, he has yeah. to have these hard conversations with some of them where he's like, what else do you really want to do? Because like, look, exactly. I got to like shoot you straight here. You're not going to, you're, you're five ten, like, and you're our backup point guard for a community college in LA. Like you're not going to make it to the league. Like you've got to start thinking about other Jesus. stuff, like get your degree. No, but it's like, it's really like, were there, uh, it's such a, were there conversations like that, even like at a school like Villanova, you know, like advisors that like, hey, what's the next step? Like, what do you want to do with your life? Um, Not necessarily, but it, the part of the reason why I even went there was on my visit. That was part of the, the visit. He had a whole presentation called Life After Basketball, and it talked about the network and different guys who who were like high level guys at Nova, like guys who like. I remember going into spots and seeing a Nova poster and seeing their picture in there and where they were now in their lives and their careers. Um, and obviously on the visit, they only want to tell you these fucking success stories. But like bottom line, it was showing you these guys who like you knew them as, you know, you knew this guy as, I don't know, the guy who was in the Final Four game, who gave that pass, did this. Well, he's the top of some hedge fund or something now. You know what right, I mean? Right, right. That walk on, they had a crazy celebration 
is now, you know, I, I don't know, in LA, dude, it's actually a dude, the manager who I was talking to out there from Nova, um, who's like working with a lot of the top production companies. Nice. Uh, so once I, I left that meeting, I was like, all right, this dude understands like, if this shit don't work out, um, what's next? And I, right. I never thought it was like necessarily it's not gonna work out from a certain level. Like I played overseas and people over here don't wanna admit it and I get it. There's no money like league money, but like six figures, they taking care of your house and your car. All you yeah. got And you're getting to see the world too. That's not that's not a bad ending at all. Um, but for me, it's more so all right, if I was ever to get, which I did, a career ending injury, what what's next? You know yeah. what I mean? Um mm -hmm. And I think I think the beauty of it is, is there's so many more stories of that than it is of Jalen Brunson. And don't get me wrong, like I love Jalen. You know what I mean? Like he's great. He's one of the guys I'm still yeah. close with from Nova. But like, it's it's only so many of him. I, I'm very exactly. interested. <laughs> there's literally only him. one of him in the NBA. Like, exactly. Look at the rest of the NBA. How many guys are his size doing what he's exactly. doing that it's productive ridiculous. for his team? It's it's unbelievable. And he gets better every year. That because he, I mean, he, he's, he's Nash. Like he's just the cerebral one. Like yeah. he's not going to beat you with speed or athleticism. He's going to out. Thank you. That's why I, I, I hear he works his ass off too. Huh? I mean, I'm sure you could speak to that. I, I hear yeah. he works his ass off. One, yeah, one of my, yeah. I know a guy who went to high school with him. He said that guy literally slept in the gym. Like he just yeah. works so hard. Yeah. Him and, him and Chris were by far the hardest workers. Like it wasn't, it was head and shoulders. Um, but yeah, man, like that's that's what I, I want to do out there. And plus, like I said, it's all it's like y'all out there. I know for mad people out there. I was talking to when I was out there. I was um I'm closer with Tate from Titus to Tate. But like Tate wants to do the movie shit. I was talking to him, and he was like, "You gotta just get out here." So I'm like, "All right, I know all these people out here. It's I'm not coming out there expecting anybody to you know hand me off an opportunity or something. But it's like let me get around the motherfuckers that want to do what I want to do. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Because in Philly, it's just this movie thing is not a lot of people. They still want to talk about. They still want to bitch about the Eagles, and it's like I don't. I think <laughs> L.A. is one of those cities. Aguilar. It's, it's one. L.A. is one of those cities where, like, no matter, you know, who you are, someone's gonna welcome you with open arms. You know, like yeah. people are always so excited when new people move to L.A. It's like, man, come on out here. Like, we'll we'll yeah. help each other out. You know, we'll collaborate on things. I'll show you the best spots to go eat, the best spots to live. You know, I'll introduce you to people so we can hang out. And I think that's one of those cities that what makes it so unique because we're full of transplants. It's not, I mean, it's, it's more likely that you meet someone who wasn't from oh, yeah. LA than someone that is born and raised in LA, you know? And so exactly. I think that's the beauty of being in the city is that everyone's trying to help each other out and is, is always welcoming someone with open arms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And some, I mean, obviously, you know, the Lakers are here. There's, there's a big emphasis on sports just cause it's such a big city, but like, there's so much else that goes on here. And like you're saying, like in Philly, like, if the Eagles aren't playing well, like people are in a bad mood. Yo, it was no, like no bullshit. Like, it was legitimately. I remember semi like mad people had tweeted out. Remember they started off this season zero and two, and then when they won that first game on the third one, like you could you could feel it. Like you could like like traffic isn't as anxious. People aren't honking as much. Like the motherfucker at Wawa said hi to me. Like it really, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just. Such a it, it is such a, a, a volatile city when it comes to our sports. Don't get me wrong, I love it. I'm ha I'm happy I stayed here to play college. I'm happy I, I did all the things that I did here. But like, like I said, I just I don't I don't think there's much more for me here right now. It's growing. Like the Philly thing is as far as the the movie scene is growing. But like 
a lot of people were still caught up in music and sports and rightfully so that's our roots but like it just ain't happening right now um yeah. and it's funny you mentioned you mentioned the lakers the reason i really was like la 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 was a mentor of mine had reached out to me and she was like listen it's a guy I know, he works for Spring Hill, LeBron's production company. And she was like, you have to apply for the job. And I was like, bet, like, let's go. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. She was like, sounds, yeah, sounds like you know what, rare. actually, I get, my printer's not working. Yeah, yeah, I can't I, get I, to I, I, my email. Yeah. No, thanks. Yeah, exactly. She straight up was like, listen, I need you to get it. And she made it sound like it was mine to lose. Um, and in a few days, it, found, it, it took me to, not, to find out I wasn't getting it. I had made up this whole plan and scheme of what it was going to be like, of how the trip mm -hmm. out there was going to be. I made it so real when I found out I didn't get it. She thought I was going to be crushed. And I was like, no, this just opened my eyes. Like, I want to be out there. I want to go out there. I just want a sure thing. And then once that yeah. kind of hit me, it's like, all right, that means you're letting fear hold you back. So now you got to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a good, that's a really interesting thing that you touched on because it's something that, and I'm sure maybe the other, the other two guys, feel the same way. So there is a lot of, there's a lot more questions than answers in Los Angeles yeah. in particular, a lot, yeah. all the time, every day. And yeah. when you're questioning something, like you go on an audition, you go on an acting audition, you're questioning, you're like, I, do I even want to do this anymore? Am I good enough to do this? The whole nine yards goes through your head all yeah. day, every day. And then you get that audition and it's something you like. And then you start playing in the scenario, like, Ooh, when I'm on set, like I'll do this. And then like, and like next thing you know, it's like you're talking about like where you and the director are gonna like go room for season three in your head. And it's like what the fuck, am I? season three? I don't even know where we're shooting season two. And it's like, and then it's like, oh, I love this. I need to do. It. It's like, and it awakens like the love for it because you need to do it because if you think about like, um, if you think about like, okay, you know what? Screw this. I'll quit. I'll go back to New York. I'll go into finance. And then, yeah. it, then it begins into hope. I hope then, like, if you're in that mindset, you're always hoping for something versus, like, dreaming for something or, or, or going for something. You're just, like, hoping hoping I get a good job to hope I get, a, you know, a good salary to hope I could, you know, do good enough to just bump up in the next year. And then hopefully I'll meet a cute girl who wants to have a house in Montauk with me. And then hopefully we could afford that because we can. <laughs> uh, maybe when we send our kids to like summer camp, and it's like, dude, this is like too much. Ooh, that was specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was real well, specific. Welcome to, that's the North. <laughs> it's the Northeast. Like that's yeah. what it is. Like that's yeah. what like, dude, like I'll never forget. Like, you know, I'm linear. Saying, it's linear. It's linear. It's, it's built. It's built like the buildings. It's linear. It's shit. It's ladders. It goes straight up. It's not. But it's like, it makes sense. That's why finance is so big over here. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't understand how conservative Philly was until recently. I started to realize who really runs shit. You know what I mean? Like, the closer, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm like, all right, first I'm, I'm thinking, oh, the creative got it. No, 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 no. We two hours from New York. This shit is, you know what I mean? It's linear. Yeah. Um, And it's funny, like, it's almost demographically the same way. Like, geographically should i say like out here is the buildings go straight up they're tall then out there everything is spread out you know what i mean it's flex anybody's land like it truly is like the west and i just i want to see what that's like for a while um it's either there or austin it's either there or austin if something <laughs> opens up because austin is coming up austin's the top austin like the new san fran it's the top yeah, um it's booming yeah i want to yeah. hang out with you in la it's, bro it's, it's growing i want to hang out with you in la but <laughs> we gotta see we gotta, but if something opened up in Austin that's tough bro pricey. Austin's sick the taxes is... oh yeah <laughs> I was like I, Dude, I, I grew up there Nick grew I grew up, up there. Austin. yeah yeah. how'd you like it how'd you like it 
man, it was amazing. I mean, I miss it all the time. My family's still there. My mom, my stepdad, my younger brothers, but it's just something so positive about that city, you know, from the culture to the people, to the food, the live music, just like the outdoor life. And it's growing, like you're saying, and like, it's getting a little more expensive and like, you know, it's stuff's popping up here and there, but it's always going to have that, that culture and that character that makes it so unique. Um, it's just one of a kind, you know? The thing with the difference between the two, I'd say, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, if you're going just to go, LA is the spot because you're more likely to hit on a whim because just there's more options and more people doing what you're doing in Los Angeles. But if there is that option, like, hey, I have this, this sweet gig in Austin, yeah. dude, pack your bags. I'm, I'm That's a, what I'm saying. I'm, like, I'm, 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 a, I'm a call. It's this one dude who's an, a Nova alum and like, this dude's loaded. Like he has one of the lounges named after him. That's all I can say. You know what I mean? Like it's like it's the it's the such and such lounge. Um, but he spends time out in Austin and he talks about it like the shit is like it's it's utopia, you know what I mean? But then yeah. I'll talk to Arch and Arch will tell him about his time in the G League when he was in Austin and he loved it. And then Darren Hilliard, he was in Austin in the G League team for the Spurs yeah. and he loved it. So I'm like, all right. You got all these different types of people, all these different age brackets, all these different times in their life, and quite frankly, different times in Austin. And it's like, I keep hearing the same shit. Like you said, that character, that culture, just that ability to just have like a homey feel, but still be moving and progressing like a city. I'm like, all right, that that might be it. I think it'll be LA and then Austin, if anything, though. I don't I don't yeah. think it'll be Austin first. Yeah, a lot of, some- I, I've heard of a lot of guys going there to like train in the off season, that, like recently, yeah. which is... Which is I don't I don't blame them because like you know you go you get your workout in and then you go get a breakfast taco right after and then you go hit the the green belt which is like the river that runs through part like it's all it's all good no Austin's great man it's college, exactly what you're describing it's that that hometown city. feel yeah that's a college college city but with the size of with the size of a big city really yeah and L A you can't really a escape big town. yeah it's a little big town L A you can't really escape the the bright lights yeah the the end of the day we all want girls food and and, and drinks. Cheapest food, yes. cheapest drinks, best food. I don't need to say nothing about the rest, bro. The uh, <laughs> we'll let you rock and roll in a second, but we cannot have you on the show and not talk about the team in Philly. Are the 76ers, oh, your boys, going to win the East? If Joel Embiid is healthy, yes. It's the only asterisk. It's the only asterisk. I don't see them doing it without him. Yeah, fully healthy. There's no chance they can do it without him. No, no chance. Yeah, no chance. Well, I mean, I, the regular season, like, okay, so we were just we were talking about before we got on the pod, and obviously he's hurt right now. You were saying, like, you know, for him, what what is supposed to be two weeks could turn into a month, and if it if that's what it takes for him to come back fully healthy, it's worth it in my mind because you know this team's gonna make the playoffs, and even if they don't make it as the one seed in the regular season. Um, you know, it's what they do in the playoffs that defines them and always kind of has been with this team uh, of recent. And it's just, they've got this, this nightmare of a, of a matchup against the Nets who are, what do you think about that? Everything that they've put together, you you don't, you don't buy that they're going to have the legs to take it all the way. It's one ball. It's one ball. I just, I never, I never understood the super teams to that magnitude because it's like, how is this gonna work? Somebody's gonna be so unhappy they're gonna tank this shit. Like I don't don't get me wrong. I've, I I will say this. 
I have been oh, shocked until this point. Exactly. I have been <laughs> shocked up until this point how good they've gotten and how good they've done. Like I was honestly shocked. Like especially when KD was out and it was just Kyrie and James Harden, I was like, they're actually making it happen. Like they're actually figuring it out. But that's that's a that's a lot of ego on that court. I don't know. But right. if they could if anybody could put it aside, it's them. Like they've shown it. Like and then all the the beauty of them outside of KD. Obviously, Kyrie with his ring, but like all of them are sick of being like the secondary guys. Like all like James Harden doesn't want to end his career in the Charles Barkley category. Oh no, right. the illest, the illest without a ring. Um, right, you know what I mean. Blake Griffin, I could, I don't strike. He doesn't strike me as the most ferocious competitor, but I don't think he wants that title either. So like. This might be the time. I mean, I think out of all those, you guys both, you mentioned Kyrie, but it's really, for me, it's really about Harden because Kyrie has sacrificed for a championship. So is Kevin Durant. Like, Kevin Durant, yes. Kevin Durant, that's why he's my favorite player because it's just, you can say what you want, but it's like, he's about to win. But, but, I don't feel like Kyrie. All right. Well, LeBron was, he had to. It wasn't, okay, he didn't willingly sacrifice. LeBron made him sacrifice by being LeBron. And forcing him okay. into that role, but I think okay. ultimately, like James Harden hasn't really had to do that since you know when he was in Oklahoma City, it was a different James Harden, right? He goes to Houston, becomes yeah. who he is now. He hasn't yeah. really had to do that, and every time he's kind of tried to in the playoffs, it hasn't worked yet. Didn't yeah. work with Dwight. Didn't work with Chris Paul. But I think, but every, but every tricks too, though. Everything that I've heard about him in this locker room right now is like the exact opposite it's like the stuff that we heard at the beginning of the season didn't even happen like the the strip clubs and the showing up late to practice and showing up overweight and out out of shape like he's the first guy there he's the last guy to leave like all this stuff that's coming out is crazy i mean who knows if it's true but he's he's kind of the the key for me really unpopular opinion he's gonna win the mvp that could happen could easily happen I hate to say it to everybody here in this room, or the Zoom, the Zoom room, but this man is possessed right now. He's been incredible. He's been incredible. Yeah. Nah. J- JB's, uh, JB's guard next to him, Luca, is going to do it with the help of JB, obviously. That's, that's who's going to win MVP. And the Mavs end up in the top five in the West. Woo. <laughs> Keep dreaming. Y'all are like, all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, mm-hmm. D-Ray. We'll let you rock and roll, brother. But hold up, y'all, y'all hold before we go. Like, y'all ain't tell me what's next for y'all, man. I just had up here. Did oh, all- we did a whole spiel. Oh, we literally know. can't do anything until you get out here, man. What are you talking about? We <laughs> can't do anything. <laughs> Everything's on pause. We're twiddling our there, thumbs, man. dude. We've uh we are working for the network, all three of us. Believe mm-hmm. network. Toss and I are senior producers. Nick's the talent manager. And talent director. Talent director. Talent director. Sorry. Yeah, and watch my titles, bro. I keep mixing it up. And <laughs> we're running this. Don't don't assume my title. <laughs> doing uh doing auditions when we can and when they come our way. And yeah. Yeah. Producing podcasts. We got we got a couple of shows coming out that yeah. are the charity stripe, but are produced by the charity stripe. Or uh, assisted by. Yeah. So it's a lot of cool it's cool stuff we've been working on. A lot of a lot of grind. I could imagine. So hold on, these auditions, what's that like? I had two this morning. It's a just, wild west. It's a wild west, bro. You go and just you do a tape and you submit and because obviously no one's doing like you're not going yeah. into the 
the casting no office anymore, of course, because of COVID. So it's basically all recording yourself face. over. Yeah. Go for it, Nick. Basically, your agent or your manager sends you, uh, you know, some sides and they're like, hey, this tape is due tomorrow. Get it done. And you got to memorize five pages worth of the lines and get a character together and then ask one of your buddies to help you tape an audition and uh, get it done and hope that uh, it's dicks, you know? And tell your neighbor to Wild be West. tell your neighbor to be quiet. Yeah, tell the kids downstairs to chill for a hot second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. We'll let we'll let you si- we'll let you see it. We'll let you sit down on one. <laughs> I can't wait. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Yeah, of course, D. Of course, brother. All right, D. Ray, you're the man. Always a pleasure, brother. And we will see you out here in person soon instead of on Zoom. All uh, love, man. Thank y'all. Moving to LA. That's right. We're getting an- another one. Another one. We needed a starting center, honestly. So I'm stoked he's coming <laughs> for pickup. Um, great episode. Love having that guy. Always. Can't wait to have him back in the studio. It's going to be a fun time. Before we let you guys go, though, we are also brought to you by, yes, you guessed it, eBay. Yep. I want to talk briefly about eBay, or maybe not. Maybe I just want to ramble about them. I'll decide. Whether rare, dead stock, or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. Here we go. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. Let's go team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of inspection points. Each sneaker also receives receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stomp of authenticity, and it also protects sellers with a verified return process. And for sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers, $100 plus, making it free to sell or flip your collection. Go to ebay.com slash sneakers today eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. Yep, eBay, can't go wrong. Hope you enjoyed our little eBay spot. That was fun to make. More of those coming your way. It's the fans out there. Drag both feet in bounds. Swing on a full counter up that puck. Hit that putt. Hit your PKs because they're free and hit your free throws. Why, guys? Because they are free. We out ya. We love you. We sitting here. I supposed to be the franchise player. And we in here talking about practice. Clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Rebound box. Back out to Allen. History final. Tie game. Gives it to Jenkins for the championship. He's going for the corner. He's got it. Bases loaded. Two out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.